0: Thanks, Anne. All right, let's pray. Father, I pray that the meditation of our hearts and the words that I speak will be acceptable to you, Lord, but that we just won't listen to these words. We'll take them to heart and put them into action as well. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Friends tell friends. That's the title that I'll be talking about today. But what do friends tell friends? Well, let's investigate. If you're looking at buying a new product or service, how do you go about finding out, how do you decide what you're going to buy? You can look at the professionalism of a website or a premises, but it could be just a slick website that's flogging something that um, isn't too flash. Sometimes a business looks really nice, but it doesn't mean that they're going to do the job right. We can look at Google reviews. But I wonder how many reviews are from real people. Or whether they're just from the opposition company (laughs) giving a bit of uh, misleading feedback. We can check out a a magazine or a website that supposedly gives you expert insight and advice. Um, But is it impartial? or is it actually a paid promo by the company? Which of the... Last option, I nearly missed it. (laughs) Listen to the experiences and recommendation of a friend. Which of these would influence you the most? I know I've tried them all, but I know for me and I think for most people there's nothing like a word of mouth from a friend or someone we know to convince us about the product we're looking at buying, or the service that we're interested in. Have you heard about multi-level marketing before? What, well, are you going to try and show me something? <laughs> multi-level marketing, where two or three people tell two or three other people, who then tell another two or three people, and so it goes on, and you start off with a few, ten, fifty, hundreds, thousands, maybe even millions can find out through just the word of mouth if there's something good enough to tell people about, that is. This is even more so now, we have so many different types and ways of communicating that we can tell someone something and on the other side of the world they know about it in seconds. Has everyone heard of the company called Amway? It's a worldwide company that markets a huge range of products on the principle of try our products and if you like it, tell your friends. It's also not surprising how many friends people will find if they think they can make a dollar or two. So why am I telling you all this? Because telling friends good news, who then want to tell their friends good news, should be easy, shouldn't it? When there seems to be so much bad news and negativity coming at us from every angle, good news should be a wonderfully welcome breath of fresh air. On a hot summer's day... So where do I want to take us today? I want us to embrace our mission. So we have had for a while a mission statement on our website. Uh, You may or may not have read it, so I'll read it for you now. I'll add in a couple of words just to make it flow a little bit better, but um, Living Word Church, our mission, if we choose to accept it, is... Jesus was and always will be the champion of ordinary people. He cares about everyone. And through faith in the fact that Jesus died in our place, we can all be his friend. Therefore, we gladly accept the role of telling people that he wants to be their friend too. Will you join us in this mission for God? This is based on 2 Corinthians 5.18, and I remember Daryl showed it to me in the Good News translation, which I think puts it in a, a particularly nice way. All this is done by God, who through Christ changed us from enemies into his friends, and gave us the task of making others his friends also. Are we willing to fulfil Jesus' task of introducing him to our friends so they have the opportunity to be Jesus' friend too? Please do. Before we explore this further, I would like us to think a little bit more about who we are. Well, we are Living Word Church. I know we're not people who like to blow our own trumpets, but I'm proud to be part of this church and really appreciate... The love and support I've received from the people of this church.
1: I think it's important
0: to recognise some of the qualities and characteristics of our church. So here's my top ten. We love God, and I think that's a really great place to start. We stand on the truth of his living word. That's why we're called living word. We seek to be guided by his Holy Spirit. We have joyful Christ-centred worship. And thank you for having for this morning. It's been wonderful. We are kind and generous people. We are a family who are committed to one another. We are loyal and dedicated, trustworthy and sincere, a people of integrity. We are empathetic and compassionate. We are diverse in our talents and interests. We all bring something different to the church and the service of God. Okay, that was a few more than ten, wasn't it? But it's all true, so don't think we don't have much to offer, because all these qualities reveal a people and a church with a heart for God. I think sometimes, you know, we can have those grasses greener on the other side moments when we look at other churches and think, oh, if only we had this or that, which would help us to be more successful, or wouldn't it be great if we had such and such? Now, we might not have the latest, greatest whiz-bang technology and presentations that blow people away and concert-like performances in our church, but um, is that what the Bible says? Is it important? Is that what God thinks is important? No, I don't think so. And in 1 Samuel, when Samuel was looking for the right man to anoint as king for God, God gave Samuel this advice. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things that people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Friends, God looks at the heart and our real motives behind what we are doing. I want us to feel good about who we are, and I believe we can be confident. In recommending our church and people to anyone. Yeah. Yeah. If we can keep growing these qualities in ourselves, our top 10, and, rec- and replicating them in others who become a part of our church, we have the right foundation for building a church that honours and has a heart for God. And that's what's pleasing to Him. Now, we may not grow to become a mega church, but I would rather grow quality not quantity. So how well do we know God? If you're telling a friend about another person, we need to know that person we're talking about or we won't be able to tell our friend too much about them. It's the same with Jesus. If we don't know him very well, we won't be able to tell others much about him. But we're all on a different level Journey and in a different place in our journey, and that's all right. Out of all the people we know, and also with Jesus, there are different levels of closeness in our relationships. There's some people that we're closer with than others. And I've developed my um, eighth level uh, level of eight uh, relationship closeness indicator here. So I'll I'll go through that now and give us some suggestions. So level one might be someone you pass in the street and say hello to, out of politeness. You may even acknowledge them by name if you know it, but you don't. Stop for a chat, you just pass by and say g'day. Level two, you you do stop for a chat and talk about mainly safe topics, like something exciting like the weather, etc. Level three. You do show an interest in their family, and what they do, what they're about. Level four, you see them regularly. Maybe it might be through work or even church, somewhere you go. And uh, you get to know them and their personality better. Level five, you genuinely like them. So you make plans to socialise with them, share a meal, go out somewhere. Somewhere where you both enjoy. Level six, they become more like a family. You know everything about them and take every opportunity to spend time with them. Level seven, you share your deepest thoughts, feelings, fears and concerns with them. There is no one you trust or care about more, is level eight. You have an intimacy and closeness that is like no other. And if you have a spouse, you're approaching that level. And even if you're not there yet, Hopefully we will get there with Jesus as well. I mean, I hope we all have a friend that we have a deeper level of relationship with. A friend with whom we can share our heart. And if Jesus is in our hearts, why wouldn't we share about him with someone we care about? I know as we go through life, most of us will experience different levels of closeness on Brenton's relationship scale. (laughs) and also in our relationship with Jesus which happens with any relationship but when we really love and care about Jesus our desire to get to know and understand him better grows I hope and pray we can all develop and experience a deep connection and closeness with Jesus however I'm sure most of us have been in that place where we feel disconnected from God and don't seem to feel his love like we used to, or even have the will to seek him. Then we hear that sermon that tells us all we have to do is pray more, read our Bible more. That just makes us feel even more guilty. I don't have all the answers, but when we find ourselves in this place, I think it's good to remember what brought us to Jesus in the first place. Jesus said those who have been forgiven much Will love much. And I remember when I was younger and I first read this, um, the full verses, those who have been forgiven much will love much, and those who have been forgiven a little will, will love a little. And I thought, well, yeah, you know, those people, those bad people that have sinned a lot, you know, when they're forgiven, yeah, they'll, they'll love Jesus a lot. But, you know, people like us, not me, we've, only, you know, we've been pretty good, but we've only done a few bad things, we'll be for- only need a bit forgiven, so then we won't love as much. Well, that's completely wrong. What it's talking about is a realisation when we look at ourselves. Yeah, sorry, this <laughs> so, in other words, those who have realised the depth of their sin, how far they have fallen away from God, and all they have left is to throw themselves on the mercy of God and remember the lengths that God has gone to through, through his son Jesus to save us from ourselves. Those that have that deeper realisation... Will love God more because they'll realise how much God has really done for them. He is always longing for us to return to Him and His arms are always open wide to receive us. Friends, the more we love Jesus, the more we will want to know Him and spend time with Him and introduce Him to others so they can share in His love as well. I'd just like to pray for us all now as well. Let's pray. Father, we pray for a deep desire in our hearts to get to know you more through your son Jesus. And thank you for blessing us with your Holy Spirit who now lives in our hearts and empowers us to do your work. Help us to love you more and know you better so it will be easier for us and help us to be more capable of sharing the good news about you and your great love and the longing you have to bring the lost people of this world back to you. You are our loving Father who longs to see all your children saved and returned to you. Amen. So, when you tell your friends, don't forget, we're not alone in this task. We are empowered by the Holy Spirit. To do the tasks Jesus has given us. And what's the task? Come back to today's scripture. All this is done by God, who changed who, sorry, all this is done by God, who through Christ changed us from enemies into his friends, and gave us the task of making others his friends also. Notice at the start of this verse, it says, All this is done by God. It's not us doing the work, we are just willing participants in what God is doing. Be open to the leading of the Holy Spirit in our conversations. And remember, Jesus said, we don't even have to worry about what we're going to say. Because the Holy Spirit will bring to mind the right words for the person or situation we're speaking into. Jesus encourages us in his words in Luke 12, 11-12. And when you are brought to trial in the synagogues and even before rulers and authorities, don't worry about how to defend yourself or what to say for the Holy Spirit will teach you at the time what needs to be said. So don't worry about it. The Holy Spirit has got your back. So why is all this so important? At the end of the day, this is a life and death situation. Do we want to see our friends, our loved ones, and those we care about, end up in hell? No, we don't. This is very serious stuff. And I remember um, this example used to be one of the ones that Daryl would talk about, and there's a cartoon of it as well. If we saw someone driving across a bridge who was oblivious to the huge section that had fallen out, would we warn them if we could? about the disaster that they are facing? Of course we would. If they don't listen to us, then that is their choice. But if we don't warn them, what choice do they have? There will be no choice and only one possible outcome, and that is disaster. So summarising where we've come so far, I want us to be proud of who we are and what we have to offer as Living Word Church start to learn ways that we can communicate the love of Jesus into people's lives, because friends tell friends. So how do we go about doing this? How do we apply this in our lives? Firstly, I just want to encourage us to have a go at practising practicing speaking Jesus into our conversations. We can ask questions along the lines of What do you think happens after we die? Do you think we'll make it to heaven? Why? Be guided by the Holy Spirit who may give you insight into their life situation that can help break through barriers to the very heart of where people are at or what they're going through. We can help minister and bring Jesus into whatever has happened in their life. And we don't have to do this alone. If you're not confident talking to people about Jesus or are worried about offending someone, I recommend going out with someone who's confident and experienced so you can learn the types of questions they ask, how they speak to people and how they steer the conversation in the direction of Jesus. It's easy to be polite and, and inoffensive when you show genuine care, concern and the love of Jesus to people. I know when I was in my late teens and was becoming more serious about following Jesus, I was definitely scared about telling people about Jesus. But I was lucky my best friend Greg was the complete opposite. (laughs) He was always looking for opportunities to tell people about Jesus and he would bring me along for the ride. We were at university at the time and everyone there knew what we believed and who we stood for. Hanging out with him all the time and my other mate Nigel, it was also a Christian, the conversation with where we were talking to naturally always seemed to come around to Jesus. Then one day, I was by myself. So, just sitting in the cafeteria, and a guy came over and just sat down in front of me and asked, to tell, asked him to tell me about, tell him about Jesus. My first reaction was, Where's Greg? <laughs> and I looked around to see if he was around so I could get him to talk to him but God is a good God and he was saying you've had your training with Greg now it's your turn to have a go and although I don't think I did a good job at the time like anything the more often you do something the better you get at it the more natural it becomes if we submit to God's discipleship we will grow and do more than we ever thought we were capable of I'm not suggesting you immediately run out of here and strike up a conversation with a complete stranger, but it might be fun to give it a try. I know more of us are introverts rather than extroverts, so you may find it stressful to go up to a complete stranger and try and have a chat with them. But all of us have friends with whom we are comfortable talking about most things, so why not bring Jesus to the table as well? I also suggest making sure your friend is comfortable, relaxed and not under time pressure before you bring Jesus into the conversation. We also have our own life stories. Don't underestimate your story to share about what God has done for each one of us. Our testimony can make a real impact in helping God break through to someone particularly if our experience has been similar to theirs. We can talk about the difference God has made in our life or about how Jesus' Jesus' love has turned our life around. Sharing the changes he's made in our hearts and desires can help reveal the love and mercy of Jesus to others. Friends, I'm not talking about rocket science here. I'm just suggesting that friends tell friends about the things that they care about and what matters to them and I'm hoping that Jesus fits into this mix somewhere. The reality is this. Our church is at a stage where we could go one way or the other. So if we want this church to grow we've got to step up and give it a go. I would like to return to our mission statement and we'll stand and... Oh, it's already up on the screen there. Thank you, Faye. If we all stand, we'll um, say it together. You'll recognise a chap in the bottom right-hand corner of the screen there and when we're putting together the website um, and... Darrell asked me to put together a mission statement and I was fairly uncomfortable with it and he had a look at it and goes, yes, and he goes, oh, it's, it's too churchy. He said, yeah, church people would like that. But he said, what about people that don't come to church, that don't know churchy language? And he just sat down and wrote this straight away. So let's speak it together. Jesus was, and always will be, the champion of ordinary people. Through faith in the fact that Jesus died in our place, we can all be his friends. We gladly accept the role of telling people that he wants to be their friend too. We will step up and give it a go to help our church to grow. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you.